This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey guys, quick thing. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by Mook Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Mook Delivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with Mook Delivery. So the only question left to say is... Are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can get reward points delivered too. So the ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus, rewards registration required, points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hello and welcome to the Guna Tour. Back again with you guys for another episode of the Arsenal News Show. Joining you every morning at 8 a.m. UK time. Thank you so much, as always, for making this a part of your morning routines. Always appreciate the support, kindness, and support your show to the channel. I feel like I use the word support a lot there. I mean it, so who cares? <laughs> but good morning, everybody. Hope you're doing good. Hope you're doing well. Let's jump into the chat box. Peeny Ween, good morning to you. Matt G, Tony, uh, Punaru uh, in the chat box as well. Mark, uh, Carl, Martin, Rich, Marcus, Blackshine, Kev, Temi, Machiavelli, Johnny, Robin, Tony, uh, Matt Tomo, Morgie, Red Star, Arsenal Analyzed, and plenty more of you guys as well. Thank you so much for tuning in. Um, we've got lots to talk about today. I had to make a couple of last-minute tweaks to the headline and the uh, thumbnail because of David Ornstein's article. We'll get to that a little bit later on. Um, but uh, without further ado, let's kick on with today's stories. Firstly, Manchester City drew uh, with RB Leipzig yesterday. Oh, by the way, my voice is going to sound a bit weird. I've woken up with a little bit of a uh, horrible throat, um, let's say. So uh, apologies if I sound a little bit deeper or... Uh, raspy this morning but uh yes uh Manchester City drew with Leipzig uh in the uh, Champions League 1-1 um Riyad Mahrez uh scoring the opening goal before uh Valiol, Valiol, the uh Croatian defender getting on the score sheet to equalize meaning that it will go back to the Etihad uh finally balanced uh, I think Arsenal fans probably want to see Man City go through to be honest, they're going to want to see them push on to the next uh, the next phase of the competition so they can get more fixtures and that their focus remains solely or rather mainly on the Champions League. But it did represent a first leg of a uh, round of 16 clashes, which represented the competition that the Premier League sides involved in this year's tournament will face. Now, it's worth noting that all four of the Champions League teams, bar City, so Spurs, Liverpool and Chelsea are all having a difficult year, it's fair to say. And the best teams, uh, are rather the better sides other than City, Arsenal and Manchester United, are currently playing in the Europa League. Um, not to mention that the, the, the best team in La Liga, Barcelona, are also 
playing in the Europa League this season. It's a very upside-down competition, um, is the Champions League this year, with Man City really having their best chance at winning the competition in a very long time. My money is on Napoli this year. I think Napoli are hitting form at the right time and are certainly looking at the opportunity to try and win this competition. I at least hope uh, that happens. Um, I would love to see uh, Napoli go ahead and win that competition. I think it would be great for the tournament. And, of course, great for Serie A and Napoli, of course, goes without saying. It'd be huge for them. That's my tip uh, for my winner of this season's tournament. Um, The Europa League playoffs are set to complete this evening. Uh, The draw for the last 16 of the competition will take place tomorrow. So we'll be able to bring you updates on Saturday morning uh, around who Arsenal are playing. We're doing a live blog, uh, doing live coverage of the Europa League draw on FL tomorrow as well. Uh, Currently, uh, to let you know where things stand right now, Manchester United will play Barcelona at Old Trafford with the score currently at 2-2. Finally poised that one and either of those two teams could go through. Shakhtar Donetsk will travel to France to play Rennes with a 2-1 lead. Uh, Ajax go to Germany to play Union Berlin with the score at 0-0. Roma will host Red Bull Salzburg who currently have the lead after a 1-0 victory in Austria. Juventus now have to travel to France as well after they failed to win in Turin during 1-1 with Nantes. Sporting Lisbon uh, only managed a 1-1 one draw at home against Midgeland. And of course, we'll have to travel now to face their opponents. Uh, Bayer Leverkusen lost 3-2 in Germany against Monaco and now have to go to the south of France. Well, I say the south of France, the principality geographically, um, to try and turn that result around. And Sevilla absolutely battered PSV 3-0 in Spain and will now travel to the Netherlands to see if they can overturn the deficit against Cody Gakpo's former club um, and Nodi Madueke's former club as well. Interesting, considering Sevilla have been pretty poor, but the Europa League is their competition and they continue to try and press forward within it. As I say, the draw to find out who Arsenal will be playing in the last 16 is tomorrow. Now, Arsenal's home kits for 2023-24 have supposedly been leaked. Uh, This image has been circulating across social media and across Reddit, and allegedly this will be the kit for next season. Immediately, I wasn't necessarily drawn to it with too much excitement. Um, It didn't necessarily catch my eye, but these leaks and these kind of grainy pictures that we see that circulate across uh, before the season starts rarely do kind of catch my eye. Just want to outline that there is no guarantee that this will be um, the the real thing. Uh, and there's no guarantee that if it is close to the real thing, that this is what it will look like. Um, I like the gold aspect of it. I mean, I'll tell you what, it would be nice to see um, the gold Premier League logo kind of embrazened on the side of it if Arsenal were to win it alongside the gold trim. For those that are listening on audio, you can hop over to YouTube to see it. But effectively, it's uh, the red torso with the white sleeves that kind of rise up the the shoulder, the top of the shoulders and over the top with the gold emanating from the, the logos, the sponsorship uh, and the Adidas stripes on the shoulders, as well as kind of a gold uh, strip down the side by your lats on the left and right hand side of the shirt as well. That's what it looks like. I'd have to see what you guys think about it. I see a lot of people are... Very split. Some people saying they like it. Some people, they love it. Some people are saying they hate it. So it's very much a Marmite kit, it seems, for the chat box. Let us know in the comment section what you think of this alleged leaked kit. The away kit as well has also uh, supposedly been leaked too. This is what it's supposed to look like for next season. If you remember back to last season's yellow kit, the kind of light, uh, limey, lemony, 
sort of uh, yellowy color. This has got the kind of the bruised banana effect. It's not it's not very strong like the the old bruised banana, not the old bruised banana, but the remake of the bruised banana kit we had a couple of years ago. It's a much less um, pronounced effect in the background with the diagonal stripes going up and down um, the kit. The red on the away shirt comes in the collar. It's not really a collar as we've come to know collars. Um, it's kind of like a raised seam around the top of the neck, but uh, there's a red strip going through a white outline uh, around the black of the, of the collar with the rest of the car kit kind of uh, embrazened in the black uh, sponsors, logos and the stripes at the top of the kit as well. Of the two, I prefer the home kit because I'm not really that sold yet on the home kit. You can probably tell that these are my favorite kits in the world to go from this year's black and gold away kit which i think we should just wear for another season to be honest because it's just that nice um not not sold on these ones yet but it might be that either a they're not real b they look a lot better when they come out officially uh and maybe the third kit will be amazing as well but uh and as chris summer says in the chat box unfortunately nothing will compare with the black kit you're right for me it's the best kit we've ever made and i mean that I really, really do. Uh, anyway, moving on to kind of our big stories of the day. Arsenal, according to Simon Collins of the Evening Standard, are still confident of agreeing a new deal with Bakayo Saka. Uh, this was reported yesterday morning in which Arsenal hope to seal a deal for their star player. It's expected that any kind of contract for the player will see him start earning figures up to the top, top earners in the club. At the moment, that is Gabriel Jesus, who's on around £220,000 per week. And you can be sure that Saka's contract renewal, if and when it comes, will be around that figure as well. It's also expected that William Saliba and Granit Xhaka are also in discussions to sign new contracts and that Arsenal are confident of securing all three and that hopefully, we can hope, maybe we'll get some news about all three before the end of this season. So Xhaka, Saliba, Saka, Arsenal hoping to renew all three players between now and the end of the campaign. If not, is going to go into the summer, which will leave things pretty tense, uh, especially with Saliba and Saka only having a year left on their deals. And finally, our headline story. David Ornstein reporting this morning in The Athletic all of the latest surrounding Jude Bellingham and what's going on with him. Um, now, Arsenal are named in the list of clubs by David Ornstein that are likely to be shopping in central midfield this summer. However, specifically on Arsenal, David Ornstein points out that despite the fact that there are um, admirers, uh, the the price tag is, is going to be a big, big problem. Um, and uh, in fact, he uses the words probably not, despite the fact that Arsenal might like him the price tag is not going to be enabling Arsenal to move in. Chelsea are also said to be now out of the race, to be honest, because of the amount of money that they spent uh, on uh, on Enzo Fernandez, which probably rules them out of the race for Bellingham. What have I done? Oh, do I... <laughs> what is Demire? How am I? That's, well, that's me trying to type things really quickly. Arsenal add... Maya, there we go. There we go. We've we've corrected ourselves. The Maya, yes. Arsenal admire Bellingham, but will struggle to compete for his signature. <laughs> Honestly, I make a little spelling error because I typed something about two minutes before we went live on the show, and I just get ripped apart. It's almost like you guys don't appreciate the amount of work that goes into putting this on for you every single morning at eight a.m. I get up so you don't have to. Um, but yes, Arsenal unlikely to go in for Bellingham because the price tag, because the wages. To be honest, I thought it was mainly the wages 
that would be the biggest kind of um, block for for Bellingham. But it appears the price tag, which is said to be around 150 million euros, is also going to be uh, in a position to rule Arsenal out of the race to sign Bellingham. So Declan Rice is, as we know, the priority. He's the player that Arsenal want to try and sign in the summer as their statement midfielder for the summer. And Arsenal will hope to try and get that deal done. Okay, let's go to part two and your questions right after this. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. And the same goes at McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with Mook Delivery. Are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Okay, uh, let's jump into the chat box and see what questions we've got coming up. Um, let's go to <laughs> Marcus says, what do you mean work? Thought you just flicked a switch and it was all there. Only kidding. Keep up the great work. Thanks, Marcus. Much appreciate that. I think we had a brand new member join as well. Massive Bulele. Thank you and help. Uh, thank you for helping support the channel and joining the TG2 family. Really appreciate that as well. I'm sure you're already getting plenty of people welcoming you into the chat box as well. Uh, Temi says, do you think uh, Kaoru Mitama, uh, the Brighton winger, will be a decent addition to the side next season? An expensive addition. If Arsenal have got any hope or any chance of signing Kaoru Mitama, uh, it's going to cost them, I imagine, a lot of money. I know that we read that report a little while ago that suggested he'd be worth around £30 million. I don't think... Brighton are going to be asking for that amount. I think they're going to be asking for a very high. He's the type of player that I can see Chelsea maybe going for, but after just signing Mudrick, I don't know if they would. Interestingly, Mudrick has uh, been an interesting conversation, something I actually meant to include in today's show. I might talk about it a bit more tomorrow, but um, the uh, Dajo Serna, um, the Shakhtar Donetsk director, has kind of been saying that Mudrick's mood isn't good at Chelsea. Might not be going particularly well for him. Um, there's been some people that suggested that uh, that Mudrick wasn't really wanting to go to Chelsea over Arsenal and maybe he's experiencing the downside of having made that move now. Um, in my opinion, you know, it's I know what people have said about the fact that he was kind of pressured into going. We don't know that. We don't know that. It's all alleged. Um, but what I would say is that he could have waited to the summer for me. Like, I just if you wanted to join Arsenal that much, you should have stood your ground, stand firm, wait to the summer, make that move. You're going to earn as much money as you are anyway. Um, but it gives Arsenal more kind of breathing room around that deal to get done. But Arsenal need to bring in a winger. And we managed to get Trossard, who scored more goals so far than Mudrick. Uh, Benjamin says, Tom, if we don't succeed in uh, <laughs> Bellingham or Rice, uh, who would you like us to sign in midfields? And do you think that we still want to sign Tielemans on a free? If we don't succeed in either of Bellingham or Rice, 
I think Arsenal might look elsewhere than Tielemans. I understood in the summer that Arsenal were willing to wait until the summer to sign, um, the following summer to sign Tielemans on a free transfer. However, a lot can change in a year uh, and a lot can change in just six months. And I feel as though Arsenal would have gone in quite strongly for Tielemans in January if they were convinced that he would be able to bring them the level in midfield that they are looking for. They didn't do that. Um, and I know that Tillemans uh, supposedly wanted to stay until the summer to get his move for free so he can earn that bit much more than he is uh, already. I don't know if Arsenal are still interested. I've not heard anything to the contrary from what I heard in the summer, but I think there are better options out there than Tillemans for us to sign in the summer. Uh, let's go to... I'm going to start banging the word D Meyer in a minute. <laughs> <laughs> um, Derek says, uh, Tom missed some of the live shows or love shows as he's misspelled it, which I think, you know, would be a very different thing, uh, on the summer signings, uh, realistically Rice, Tillemans, Rafinha, Fresneda, um, Balogun and Tavares back into the team and Tierney and Nelson moving out. I don't think Tavares replaces Tierney. I think if, Tavares, if, if Tierney needs, I think that uh, I think Tavares would also go and will probably end up trying to sign a left back. But Fresneda is continued to be someone that we're linked to quite strongly. Rafinha, I don't see leaving Barcelona. Tillemans, as I've just mentioned, I'd be surprised, I think, now if we maybe move for him. Maybe not, but maybe. And Declan Rice. I suppose if you add both Declan Rice and Tillemans to the squad, that's a good couple of Premier League-ready midfielders that you've added into the group. So it wouldn't be too bad, I suppose. Um, so there you go. Uh, Marcus says, uh, maybe there was some money behind the scenes. Who knows? Who knows? I, that's, that is completely an allegation, Marcus, that we don't know is true. But uh, who knows these days what goes on in the world of football? Uh, Hass says, Tom, please convince me that Declan is the answer. Uh, I'm just not that into him. I know that you're not alone, Hass. A lot of people don't seem to be that convinced by Declan Rice. I think he's a fantastic player. I think he's underrated. I think that he is massively, massively underappreciated and kind of looked on because he's English and English players aren't that fashionable. I prefer to try and sign a Brazilian or a Spaniard or an Italian. You know, there's always kind of this desire to not see an English player coming because they're just not that fashionable. But I can tell you for a fact, Declan Rice is brilliant. He plays really well for West Ham. He plays really well for England, which shows you that when he's surrounded by other top Premier League players, that he performs to a higher level as well. I think in an Arsenal team, I think he'd flourish. I look forward to hopefully seeing him in an Arsenal shirt this summer. Um, let's go to Dan, who says, Hi, Tom, do you think we need to refresh our central midfield with young players to avoid a Liverpool situation? Of course, we do have Patino coming through, um, which means that we're in a position to have a younger player also potentially in the team. Rice and Tillemans, if they are to be two players that we were to bring in, are in their mid-20s, so we would then refresh in that way as well. But what I do think is that with Xhaka, with uh, Partey, with Jorginho, with Elneny, you know, they are four very much aging players that are coming towards the end parts of their career. So Arsenal are certainly going to be keen on adding uh, in the deeper part. Of course, we've got Vieira and Odegaard in the attacking part who are very young still. So but certainly in the deeper part of the midfield, we need to make those changes. Uh, Wizard Weeb says, uh, Tom, what do you think about Herving Lozano? It used to be a player that I really liked and I actually kind of was keen on Arsenal signing when he was at uh, PSV. He's 27 now. He turns 28, which, of course, we have to wait until he turns 28 because you are 27 until you turn 28. Um, but he turns 28 before the next season starts. I'm not sure there's necessarily a 
I'm not sure there's a keenness from Arsenal to move for another winger that's kind of in his prime. And I think they'll instead be looking um, to try and sign somebody that's younger and that's got greater potential, that's got more sell-on value than someone like Herving Lozano. And I think that if you were to try and sign him from Napoli now, they'd ask for a very big fee because he's doing very well in helping them towards a potential title and Champions League victory as well. So I don't necessarily see that one happening, um, but uh, he's a very good player that's doing very well this season. Um, Lawani says, give me Zubamendi. I don't trust English midfielders. It literally falling into the category of what I said a second ago. <laughs> you know, uh, English players just do not get the credit sometimes they deserve because they're just not fashionable. Um, it's like Mason Mount. We talked a bit about him yesterday. If he was available on a free transfer, I think I'd snap him up. I think he's a fantastic player, but... Uh, yeah, English players don't tend to get the same level of appreciation because they're just not fashionable. Um, DR says, what about Mikel Moreno uh, in midfield? A player that I've always liked. Very hard to get out of Real Sociedad because they do charge big, big money. And to be honest, as we've just mentioned, Zubimendi is the kind of midfielder maybe that we should be looking at at Real Sociedad more so than Mikel Moreno. But uh, he's already got Premier League experience, having played with Newcastle, played with Dortmund, now doing really well with Sociedad, who are having a really good season as well. Maybe... Moreno is the way to go forwards. Uh, Chris says, with Saka set to earn over £200,000 a week, do we get Saliba set to earn that as well? And what will his wages compare to other Premier League top-tier centre-backs? I imagine if we do manage to secure Saliba a brand-new contract, that yes, we probably would see him earning to the top end of our players in the team. I don't, I'm don't. i not 100% sure what Gabriel Magalhaes' um, new contract and what his wages are. Um, Gabriel Magalhaes signed a new deal. This is according to classicalfinance.com, so take it according to them. Um, Gabriel Magalhaes signed a new five-year deal uh, with Arsenal in 2022, uh, worth 30 million for 2023 season. Gabriel will earn 50,000 pounds per week. Wow, that seems quite low. Um, but uh, yeah, um, and that will certainly. That will certainly buy into, well, it will certainly make it interesting as to what we might offer uh, Saliba. But according to SpotRack as well, uh, Gabriel Magalhaes' contract is around that £50,000 per week mark. That seems quite low. As I say, we don't know if that's the case, um, but it just does seem quite low uh, regarding Gabriel. They've done well to get him on that wage. Fabio Vieira is on a very low, like £20,000 a week, I think, as well. They've managed to get some good players on low amounts of money. So, Whilst we are increasing the wage bill, uh, players are in a position that they can ask pretty much what they want uh, in certain circumstances, like Saka, like Saliba. Um, Aya says, I'm back, Tom. I uh, had a fraud issue, which was finally resolved. Uh, what do you think about us getting a lease? Just an excuse to start donating again. Well, I, I'm glad that you're out of that. Um, but about Michel Elise, Michael Elise, um, Elise, I should, I should say, um, I think that he's a very good player. Um, I think that he's a player that obviously, if you were to bring in, provides really good competition and support for Bakayo Saka on that right-hand side. He's versatile as well. I think he could play in an Odegaard's position if you wanted him to also. So yeah, he's potentially an option that Arsenal could look to. Would be expensive. Um, but there is nothing, you know, really you're going to have to spend big to get in players that are going to start getting into this Arsenal team to be an established title challenger moving forward. So, yeah, I would be very open to see Elise uh, coming into the Arsenal team in the summer. Uh, Stephen says, Mason Mount on a free. The fact that you would take him on a free speaks volumes. Um, for the record, I'd take Jude Bellingham on a free, Stephen. 
<laughs> if that speaks volumes as well. It's only because his contract's coming to an end at the end of next season. That's why I said that. I don't think necessarily you've, I think you've read into my comment rather incorrectly there. Um, Massa Bellelli, our brand new member, says if positions were to be swapped between Arsenal and Man United, United would be hailed as the youngest, most exciting team in Europe. It baffles me how less of a credit Arsenal are given. Does it baffle you? Doesn't baffle me. Arsenal have been consistently um, underrated, unfortunately, um, by so many people. And even when we're in a position where we're doing so well, we continue to kind of just, people just kind of wait for us to, to fail, to mess up. We had that little dip in form. Hopefully we respond to it now with uh, stringing a fair few wins together. Getting a win this weekend is going to be really important. Uh, Pono Root says, uh, will we see Smith Rowe play this weekend? Maybe from the bench. He won't start, but certainly we could have an opportunity to see him play from the bench if there is indeed the game state to welcome him into the fixture. Uh, we'll, of course, hear from Mikel Arteta tomorrow. He's undergoing his press conference tomorrow. Kaya will be there. And, uh, of course, we'll hear more about the Europa League tomorrow after the draw takes place as well. Aya joining up as a member. Thank you and welcome to the TGT family as well. Really good to see our, our memberships growing so much as well. Uh, Kevin says, good morning. Uh, the TGT family had a bad start to my early start, truck driving. I've been sat around waiting for a recovery for a trailer fault and fell asleep. Ah, oh, Kevin. Well, I'm hoping that we can keep you awake and you can keep yourself entertained with the show today as well. Uh, Dan says, if everyone is fully fit and on form, what is your best starting 11? To be honest, I think it's the 11 we've been playing with Jesus um, coming in for, for Nketiah and, of course, Partey coming in for Jorginho. I think that's the best team. It's just White, Saliba, Gabriel, Zinchenko, Partey, Xhaka, Erdegaard, Saka, Jesus and Martinelli with Ramsdale in goal. That's the best team. That's what I'd go for. I think that can take us to the title and I hope that we see it again very soon as soon as Jesus is indeed back. Valera says, Gabby Jesus in the squad for Everton? No, not a chance. I don't think anyway. Uh, I know that Arsenal might want to keep his potential return as quiet as feasibly possible, but I don't think there's a chance that Gabby Jesus is involved. The earliest, I'm interested obviously because what we usually have before the Europa League games is an open training session which we get to see, obviously, who players, which players are going to be available, who's going out there for training ahead of the Europa League. So when that gets back underway, um, that'll be the best look that we get at everyone who's going to be potentially playing in the Europa League. So there you go. Um, let's go to... Let's scroll up a little bit. Uh, LJ says, what is about what is it about Parter that is also essential to our defensive solidity? Of the 23 goals we've conceded, 12 have been conceded when Partey is absent. He's so vital. Um I think, obviously, familiarity is a big thing. You know, as I've just mentioned, he is in our best team and he is one of our best players. You take out one of your best players, you bring in someone else into the team who's not the same as Partey, and that creates instabilities, it creates inconsistencies. And so just not having that presence already is going to have a detrimental impact. Not only is that, but you've also got to think about the abilities that he has on the ball that our other defensive midfielders have. Uh, his ability, of course, to get back, use his speed to get into certain positions, his progressive passing as well, the way in which he passed into those wide areas, the way in which he pops up on the outside of the box. Although saying that, Jorginho did that against Aston Villa to great effect as well. But the main thing is, it's just because he's such a key part of what we do. When you take him out of the team, it's a huge piece of the puzzle that's suddenly being replaced with something that is not Partey. So just that absence in itself has a significant detrimental impact on what we can do. Um, scrolling up to Answer, who says, Tom, what are your thoughts about getting Rabio on a free if we can't get neither Rice or Caicedo? 
Not for me, answer. Rabio is not the player that we should be looking to sign. Uh, Joel says, do you think that we should avoid a six slash eight and focus on a real DM? Seeing Jorginho players convince me that we should focus on a specialist more so than someone who is capable of playing in that position. Well, Jorginho is a specialist at that number six position. That has been his position for his career. So we have that already. But I think that Declan Rice is someone who can be a specialist at six and can also play at eight. So you're actually adding someone with like Rice bringing into the team that gives you, Joel, what you want. So I think all of those things combined leave us in a pretty comfortable place if we were to bring that in. But there's nothing wrong in looking to try and bring in maybe a younger DM or a younger uh, left-sided eight midfielder who can bring the age profile of that midfield down. Uh, Aya says, Tom, have you considered a panel discussion with some of the growing TFT members? There are plenty of uh, insightful opinions amongst these loyal TG... Do you mean TGT? Um, we do our preview shows and during the off season, we also do our members podcast. So we do plenty of discussion shows with our members, um, who come onto the channel and give their thoughts. But during the periods in the season, either it's the international break or if it's the off season or just our preview shows, we do our shows with our members. Um, so you'll have to get involved now that you are one. Aya. Uh, Marcus says your thoughts on ruling that English teams cannot enter the super league. Uh, I think this was a government policy. The source being the BBC, um agreement english clubs cannot enter super league uh see if anything comes up uh the athletic did a report on this in april of 2022 explained the binding contract that means all six english clubs are still part of the super league okay so this is an article that says apparently all of them are still part um according to so where is this are you on the same day, he and his fellow European Super League conspirators were accused of lying more than Vladimir Putin by La Liga president Javier Tebas. Juventus chairman Andrea Agnelli has an awkward truth he wanted to share. This is all according. This is being written by Philip Buckingham of the Athletic. Uh, the Super League is a collective work of twelve clubs, not one person. He told an audience at the Financial Times Business of Football Summit in London last month. Twelve clubs signed a hundred and twenty-page contract, and it is still binding for eleven of those twelve clubs. Um, nine clubs might have jumped ship in those turbulent days that followed the Super League's launch a year ago today, but an attachment to the wreckage remains for all but one. That binding contract highlight, highlighted by Agnelli is yet to be broken by uh, broken 12 months on from the situation. So I don't know about the agreements too much. Apparently it came out yesterday. Uh, Super League BBC. Let's see if it's if I can find it quickly. Um, ba -ba 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 -bum. Don't football regular UK government confirms new independent body. Uh, oh, here we go. Yes, this might be it. Let's have a quick look. So blocking clubs from joining a break. This is uh, written by Jonathan Eurekio uh, of BBC Sports. who says blocking clubs from joining a... Why don't I just share the screen so you can see it at the same time? That's probably easier, isn't it? Rather than me just reading to a camera. Um, here we go. This is the article on the BBC Sport website. Hopefully you can see that. There we are. Uh, blocking clubs from joining a breakaway European Super League will be among the powers held by English football's new independent regulator. The plan for a regulator recommended by a fan-led review last year has been confirmed by the UK government. Preventing historic clubs going out of business is one of the aims, as well as giving fans greater input and a new owners and directors test. The significant move aims to protect English football culture, uh, cultural heritage. Uh, the main purpose of the proposed new regulator will be to stop 
English clubs from joining closed shop competitions, which are judged to harm the domestic game, preventing a repeat of financial failings seen at numerous clubs, notably the collapses of Bury and Macclesfield, introducing a more stringent owners and directors test to protect clubs and fans, giving fans power to stop the club's owners changing a club's name, badge and traditional kit colours, and ensuring a fair distribution of money filtering down to English football's pyramid from the Premier League. Uh, the English game remains one of the UK's greatest cultural exports, with clubs and leagues around the world modelling themselves on its success, the government said before its white paper uh, on football governments, uh, a policy document which outlines the proposed legislation is released on Thursday. It continues by saying that is why the government is today taking the necessary and targeted steps to ensure that continues for generations. Um, it seems like a good thing. So it seems like it's a positive thing. Um, that obviously, there's a lot more power being given in this sense and that hopefully we see less chaotic uh, scenes like we saw with the Super League fiasco coming forward in the future. It seems like it's good. I hope that it's good. Um, but uh, yeah, it's very, very, it's very, very difficult to not see the power being still very much in the hands away from supporters, unfortunately. Supporters always come last always come last um and it's just a real shame that that's the way the football and the sport has gone but that's how it feels to be a fan most of the time is that the fans are always always last to find out things always last to be thought about with things and that money rules the game still um anyway we're going to bring an end to today's show there thank you so much guys for tuning in really appreciate your support as always over a thousand of you tuning in uh which considering we're nearly in march now is is such an achievement for the channel so do drop a like on the video if you've enjoyed today's episode uh and subscribe uh thank you for helping us reach forty-five thousand subscribers we're already on our way to 46 so keep pushing us in that direction i'll be back tomorrow morning with a further update on, of course, Mikel Arteta's press conference to come tomorrow, the Europa League draw, and of course those results from the Europa League last sixteen, last thirty-two rather tonight to play. Um, so yes, plenty to discuss tomorrow. Have a fantastic Thursday. Enjoy it. Friday's tomorrow. You nearly made it to the end of the week, so I hope you have a good one. And as always, up the Arsenal. It's the 90 plus minute. All your mates around and you've got a McNuggets share box ready to go and you know a late winner's coming. Your mates already got booked for a double dip in and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfection. Order now on the McDonald's app for your delivery. You in? At participating restaurants 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. Talk sport. Powered by fans.